0: Hey, have you ever wanted an opportunity to learn and hear great conversation? Have you ever wanted a chance to join that conversation? Each week we get the chance to talk to different creative people from all walks of life, whether it be singer, songwriters, writers, comic book writers, comic book artists, different creatives out there in the world, even some wrestlers and people that get into different things like that. So we want the opportunity to have those conversations and we hope you'll join us. Thank you for coming to join us on conversations about dot, dot, dot. The fun part is to be who fills in the blank. Children of all ages. My name is Will. You're about to join us in a very informative conversation about that. The episode of conversation about dot dot dot. Um, today I get the opportunity to interview uh, somebody I feel like is family. Not only that, but I literally got to hold him uh, when he was born. Uh, this is my nephew. This is Gabriel uh, Gabriel Clark, and he's going to be sharing with us some information about Godzilla. Um, I grew up knowing about Godzilla more from a pop culture standpoint, but I really, really got to get into the whole minutiae of the story or the mythos of Godzilla, whereas Gabriel has been pretty much into dinosaurs and Godzillas and kaiju, you know, for as long as I've known him. <laughs> so I wanted to let him kind of talk. This is a little bit different because it's not going to be an interview with Gabriel per se. It's going to be more him presenting information about Godzilla his origins his um, his popularity and growth over the years his power set things strengths and weaknesses and then also his thoughts on Godzilla versus Kong so we're gonna start off with the basic thing so first of all Gabriel say hello to the people
1: hello hey?
0: And uh, Gabriel, so we want to start off with a simple question to start us off with, which is Godzilla's origin story. How was Godzilla created? Uh, What's the history behind uh, his creation with the movie company and all that stuff?
1: All right. So in order to understand Godzilla's creation, we first have to go back to the end of World War II. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like... And so like after after that, that was dropped, you know, the bomb was like, you know, a, a big a, a big deal. And, th- and then of course there was the Castle Bravo test and the Lucky Dragon number five in 1954. And so there's and so it's but not only that, but there's going to be like a, a movie that was a co-production between uh, Japan and Malaysia, which which didn't happen. So Toho needed a movie uh, before the end of the year. And so, as Shiro Honda was flying was flying back home, he, he came up with the idea of like a giant monster rising out of the ocean. And so, like the, the first draft was, I kid you not, an octopus was about a giant octopus, but it lacked much in the way of a human story. <clears throat> Eventually, uh, another idea was like, Revolving around a, a giant reptile with elephant ears in the search for food. And, and then, of course, you know, one of the main inspirations w- was, of course, King Kong and the Beast from 20,000 films, but with that special effects by Ray Harryhausen. And mm-hmm. so they wanted to, they wanted to like do an homage to that. Okay. At first, it was going to be d- d- done in stop motion, but it would take too long. So instead, they, w- they went with a suit. And but of course, before before the suit, they had to like find a way to bring him to life. They went with three different ideas of how Godzilla would look. So starting with you know combining traits of a, of a T-Rex, stegosaurus backplates, and the arms of an iguanodon. And then they, they, they went uh, did three clay maquettes. The first one had scales like a fish, the second had warty bumps like a frog, and the third had scales like a crocodile whether unintentional or unintentional, the, the scales looked like the keloid uh, scars of survivors from the nuclear bombings. And if the, the first suit was extremely heavy and uh, weighed about 200 pounds. And, and like Haro Nakajima, the uh, suit actor, could only walk a couple of feet before he fell over and broke his jaw. Oof. And so eventually so, this and the second uh, suit was a bit lighter, but it still had problems because like the guy lost like 30 pounds from sweat alone to, uh, in the suit. The, su- the first suit did see action, but, like where they uh, cut it apart, and like you can find like a famous photo of like Harunaka Nakajima wearing the like bottom half of the suit and stomping on miniature sets. Mm-hmm. And so, so, like the movie, and so essentially, the movie itself is like you know, Godzilla is the atom bomb, and he's like you know, simply showing us like what happens when uh, we humans uh, create a monster. There's even like a manga, believe it, and around the uh, that was released around around the time of the movie that showed Godzilla before the mutation like he had smooth skin in the family, but the family was wiped out by the uh, Castle Bravo test, so factor in being mutated and then losing his family, that's a pretty good good motivator to, you know, attack Japan. Mm. The military is, is powerless to stop him, as usual, and so it's up to Dr. Serizawa, who creates this weapon called the oxygen destroyer, which liquefies oxygen molecules not only water but also land essentially reducing all carbon-based life forms down to skeletons and and eventually full disintegration. It was only used once in the main canon of Godzilla and that was the only time it was ever used because the doctor destroyed his notes and then sacrificed himself to kill Godzilla. Of course there was this line by the professor Uh, Kyohei Yamane, if nuclear testing continues, another Godzilla will surely awaken. And so Toho saw Godzilla as like their cash can slide to milk him for all it's worth. Okay. And that's
0: that's
1: pretty much the start of Godzilla.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. And so as Godzilla started, it was really a bit of a response to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And also the idea of dealing with nuclear research, mm-hmm. and so we go from there to another interesting thought process, which is what uh, what do you feel like has led to the popularity of Godzilla continuing to grow past that initial movie?
1: Well, well, he, well here's the thing: uh, after this, the sequel, Godzilla raids again. Toho put Godzilla on ice figuratively and literally uh, until 1962 and trying to, you know, experiment with a bunch of other um, monster movies. In 1956, you had Rodan, the giant pterosaur. The mysterious in 57, 58 was Varen. Then in 1961 was Mafra, who pretty much almost beat Godzilla in box office. And then in 1962 came the idea of got the original King Kong versus Godzilla. And it's because of that movie that Godzilla became a lot more popular because without this movie, Godzilla would have just been a two-monster movie and that was it. Where, so in a lot of ways, Kong has you know essentially kicked off Godzilla's movie career and after that, this, the series went on to become like so uh, The largest movie franchise to this date, over 30 films. So, like, even to this day, King Kong versus Godzilla remains the highest grossing Godzilla movie ever.
0: Okay. So, another question leading out of that, and you mentioned that um, you mentioned Godzilla. Was you know, kind of inspired by King Kong originally, and then now he kind of goes through a bit of a revival because of the meeting of King Kong and Godzilla. Now, I remember the Godzilla movie that came out with Raymond Burr uh, in the states. Now, was that considered the
1: first Godzilla movie, or uh, was it- okay? Uh, th- that movie is the American version of the original 1954 version, which was okay. chopped which was, you know, edited to include not only Raymond Bird, but also music pieces from Black Lagoon and Wolfman.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I've always wondered, I felt like that, that maybe that was the U.S. version of the movie, but I wasn't for sure if the other movie had been done prior. And so what are, if you think, So let me ask another question here. So... What are the strengths and weaknesses of Godzilla? I mean, we know about, of course, the radioactive, uh, the atomic breath, um, but there are so many different things. I mean, in the last couple of iterations of Godzilla, we've seen so many powers of evolution that he's had. And even if you look like the Netflix series, uh, there's a whole nother level that he has. So I'm just curious what his powers and things are.
1: Uh, Godzilla Zone has, a ton of powers, aside from the atomic breath, he's also uh, can do like a nuclear pulse, which is like a shock wave of, well, nuclear energy, like to say, you know, get an opponent off of them. And of course, you know, you know, aside from his absurd durability, w- which is tied to his healing factor called, which was named in Godzilla 2000, Organizer G1 or Regenerator G1, and essentially allowed him to heal injuries in a, in a very rapid fashion. For example, uh, during that movie, he was attacked by what are called full metal missiles. And they take skin samples. Like, one skin sample was like, before he got hit. And one skin sample was like, after he, he hit. It. And there's like a five hour difference. So it took essentially took him five hours to heal like a minor scratch. Okay. But of course, you know, He's had a lot more wackier abilities. In the, in the first movie with Mechagodzilla, he had the ability to turn himself into a living magnet after being struck by a lightning. Even sillier, 1971, he used his atomic breath to, I kid you not, fly.
0: Okay. Uh, I remember my stepdad, and I, my stepdad one of my greatest moments with my stepdad, you know, who had many great moments, but uh, I came home from college one time, and he was watching a Godzilla marathon on Sci-Fi Network, and it was just a series of Godzilla movies that had never been released to the United States. Uh, some of them were dubbed, most of them were uh, subtitled, and so there was one where like one of the one of the ones where like Godzilla got were, were wings at one point, and it was flying with his wings and things like that. So I didn't understand like. I, I was like, did they just give him what he needed? Like Godzilla almost in a way felt like Superman. I mean, like, they, it's like <laughs> they just gave him what he needed when he needed it, basically.
1: I've never seen Godzilla with wing, uh, wings in film. There's a manga uh, called, one of the mangas, they had something a hybrid called a, uh, King Godzilla, which was a hybrid between Godzilla, King Ghidorah, and Biollante. Biollante is a God, is one of the Godzilla. It's one of the uh, my Godzilla clones, which is a h- hybrid of Godzilla uh, DNA, Rose DNA, and the DNA of a de- of a deceased uh, daughter of a scientist who created her. Long story short, they wanted to create a plant that could thrive in the desert for uh, for yeah you know, for crops but just the scientist's daughter was killed in a terrorist bombing, so instead of, you know, honoring her, he decided to, you know, combine her DNA with, a, with this, you know, plant that combines Godzilla's DNA and that with a Rose, her favorite plant, and that gave rise to Biolanti, which is essentially a little shop of horrors in a, a kaiju size. Uh-huh. Now, as for his uh, weaknesses... As I've already said, there's the oxygen destroyer, which is the, which is the one of two times Godzilla has died. The second time was at the end of the '90s uh, saga called Haysake, where Godzilla versus Destoroyah, where after absorbing too much radioactive power, Godzilla essentially uh, went into melt a literal meltdown. Like his heart is a is compared to a nuclear reactor, and he entered a, what is called Burning Godzilla which is essentially uh, Godzilla at his most, which essentially, you know, regular Godzilla at his most powerful, like his whole body's covered in like red scars, steam drip, is steam. And like, once his body hits 1200 degrees, his body just, it literally melts down. And like, and if it wasn't for his uh, son who absorbed the energy, at uh, to Tokyo would have become a ghost, Town.
0: Okay, so so it sounds like Godzilla's weaknesses are weaknesses that, if they were used, would hurt humanity in and of itself. In order to stop him, you'd almost have to sacrifice the world he's on to stop him.
1: Yeah, there are other ways that you can stop him. Like, um, uh, there's a uh, cadmium, which is a radiation retardant. And uh, supposedly in one movie, his weak spot was, was the armpit, but it never got used. See, he doesn't have the largest arms in the world.
0: Godzilla, and, Godzilla doesn't really do, do arm day. So.
1: And he also has, in one movie, he had like, they, and like you could hear a paleontologist uh, sobbing into its popcorn when I say this. Godzilla has a second brain uh, in his hip. And so that was destroyed and paralyzed him from the waist down. He has also, you know, been weakened by certain chemicals. But of course, the strangest weakness, uh, quote, weakness actually is electricity. Sometimes it hurts him like King Kong, in, in the original King Kong versus Godzilla, which... Uh, that that's a whole gem uh, mess in itself. Sometimes it makes him stronger, like the magnet uh, magnetization, and sometimes it has no effect on him, like being hit by a maser tank. So electricity is a. Uh, it depends on continuity.
0: Okay, so what are some of the more popular guys of the movies that have come out come out for him? I know you mentioned that kind of got a revival when they did kong versus the original kong versus godzilla so what would be some of the popular movies that came out after
1: that okay the first one they did after that was uh, mafra versus godzilla like pitting their two creations against each other and then of course there was you know the first what we like to call the avengers of uh, of, of godzilla which is the door to three-headed monster where they had godzilla rodan and mafra Fighting King Ghidorah for the for the first time, and so and so that, that was essentially the launch of not of of Godzilla's career into like the you know uh, quote superhero uh, uh, territory, and, and then of course they tried to end the series with just destroy all monsters, which is like rounding up almost all their monsters and like uh, have them fight King Ghidorah once more, this time killing him quote, killing him for good. Then going into the 70s, his movies became a lot more hokey, cheesy, in a, you know, full-blown superhero mode then. And of course, there's like, you know, after terror of Godzilla* didn't do so at the box office, they, Godzilla was put into hibernation and then the 90s was a revival of, of Godzilla. And like the 80s and 90s was the arrival of Godzilla. And like, he went back to his roots, like as like Unstoppable Engine of Destruction, where he became sort of an anti-hero. And then, of course, they killed him off in 95. And then, of course, he was, was, was taking a break, but after the um, uh, tragedy, that was the TriStar movie in 98. Was that the one with ahead. Matthew
0: Broderick and uh, the
1: yes.
0: uh, Godzilla, who could uh, basically... Uh, I don't know what they refer to it as. Basically, it could it impregnate itself, and
1: yeah. yeah, okay, that is called Zilla. Uh, it took, because that monster has the god out of its name, not counting its son, Zilla Jr., which and he had his own series. But like after that, not uh, in 1999, they had you know Godzilla 2000, which kicked off the Millennium series, which serves as the anthology, like. And not all of them are connected. The only ones that are connected are the Kiryu Saga, which is the third incarnation of Mechagodzilla, which was built around the bones of the first Godzilla. And Then, of course, my personal favorite of the Toho Saga is Godzilla Final Wars, which is the 50th anniversary of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And, and it was pretty much like, to quote one person as... Uh, it's pretty much destroyal monsters if it huffed a bunch of nitrous and stayed awake for 48 hours. It's pretty much it's the ultimate Godzilla uh, movie. It's got cheese it's got aliens. it's got enough explosions to, to make Michael Bay blush. Oh dear it's, it's pretty much bonker it's pretty much off the walls of uh, like uh, action uh, f- a full-on action movie ridiculousness and I love it
0: for well, that nothing wrong with that at all so now we kind of get to a more interesting thing as well now i most recently before of course the current crop of the godzilla movies you know you had godzilla you had kong skull island and of course you had king kong godzilla king of the monsters and then you had of course a more recent you know godzilla versus kong
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: kind of the the Flip of the original because I'm taking the original was Kong Godzilla then this one was Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I saw before a lot of that. I think I saw I picked up a copy of Shin Godzilla. Now, Does that fit in canon?
1: Uh, Shin Godzilla is a, is a standalone film and it was like okay okay. Do you if the original uh, Godzilla versus Kong was made original Godzilla was made in the for after the, the, as a response to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This one was made after a similar disaster. You're familiar with the event known as 311, correct? hmm It's essentially... Shin Godzilla is essentially a response to that and the slow response the government had in, like, you know, in order to deal with it, because that movie is a huge, like, political movie with, like, how slow the government is, like, in order to deal with Godzilla itself. And especially this Godzilla is, like, unlike the other Godzilla's where, where it's like, it's a, still a nuclear nasty, but it's like, it's essentially this, my whole existence is pain. Like, there's well, here's a song like, here's a lyric from one of the songs, who will know it's called, I am lost, no one knows, there's no trace of my yearning, I wear a void, uh, there's no hope, um, I may yet stand a slightest chance, as long as breath comes out of my mouth, a shaft of light is all I need. That song is from Godzilla's perspective, and it's like, pretty much, Godzilla wants, this Godzilla wants to die, but he, he's just so strong, and he, uh, it's very difficult for him to, to, uh, to do so.
0: Okay. Now, I was going to say, for those who may not be aware of it, can you explain the 311 situation?
1: Okay. The, um, 311 was, like, early March of, of 2011. So you, okay. First, Japan was hit by a, like, uh, a, a huge uh, earthquake, and then followed by a tsunami, and then there was the Fukushima nuclear disaster, uh, where, like, which had, like... Um, uh, not sure how, how many power plants are like when were destroyed, but it was essentially a triple punch to Japan like, t- earthquake, tidal wave, nuclear disaster, like all in a short span of time. and if I think I can look it up, like let's see, uh, how many people died during three eleven? Let's see. Okay, wrong. Okay, that's wrong. Uh, let's see. Okay, okay. Number of people that died is uh, let's see, 19, uh, uh, nineteen thousand seven hundred forty-seven dead, dead. Over six thousand, six thousand two hundred forty-two injured, and twenty-five uh, two hundred fifty-six uh, two hundred fifty-six, five hundred fifty-six people missing. Hmm.
0: Shinra, I thought that was a response to another disaster in that world. Correct. Yeah, it. I remember watching it, and I remember it. It seemed to be. It started off one place, you know. It was very discombobulated. The creature was very not together. Like it was. It wasn't. It was. Some of the destruction was more like i can't move properly right now like i'm running through the city and i'm bumping into buildings it's not so much an intentional thing it's more like watching a baby trying to you know walk for the first time yes yeah but over time this thing you know they attack it they attack it and it evolves and gets progressively worse as it goes Mm -hmm.
1: to the point where
0: it's just like okay they just keep messing with this thing it almost feels like it's like we gotta do something different because if we just keep doing this, it's just gonna get worse. And then of course we eventually hear the patented Godzilla yell, you know, and and everything. And then it's just him versus everybody. Yes. So so now that we have we've talked a little bit about Shin Godzilla, so I can understand kind of its place and how it fits. And you talked about the different movies of popularity. Um, how do you feel like that they've handled him in the MonsterVerse movies, kind of from the newer Godzilla up to Godzilla versus Kong? Uh,
1: in, in, in my opinion, the MonsterVerse Godzilla is like well, okay. He's a second fiddle to the MF, uh, to Godzilla Final Wars, mainly because the uh, like, this Godzilla is, like, well, he, well, I think the best way to call him is, is like, uh, he's sort of like the uh, Heisei Godzilla a little bit, but not quite. I mean, in his first movie, he it, it, he, uh, he goes out of his way to not deliberately attack people. I mean, the this major destruction he did was, like, I'm going to cut through the Golden Gate Bridge, and that was... And that was, like, uh, because the military fired on him, uh, uh, like, fired in his gills, which was a weak spot. So, like, this Godzilla was portrayed as, like, you know, the protector of the planet in general, not humanity. And then, of course, of course, he was dealing with, you know, parasites, which killed the... Okay, like, those parasites we saw in Godzilla 2014 were the offspring of a even bigger monster called Muto Prime, which is like, an alpha, uh, mucho, and so, like, they killed the previous Godzilla, which was called Dagon. And so, that big skeleton you see at the beginning of 20 of Godzilla 2014 that's the skeleton of Dagon. And so, right. and so, like, this Godzilla, he's, he's just woken up out of hibernation, so, so he's like, you know, he's not at a, a top alpha predator state, and so, like. So once he deals with that, we didn't cut to, you know, five years later in Godzilla King of the Monsters, we're like, okay, now we're dealing with, you know, a world ender threat, which is legendary King Ghidorah. And like, yeah, 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 this King Ghidorah definitely earns the title of planet killer. I mean, I mean, he generates a storm just by existing. And of course, you know, not, not only does Godzilla have, uh, have to deal with him, uh, uh, Ghidorah, but he also ha- has to, you know, and of course, you know, it's be- the re- in fact, it's because of Ghidorah it's why he was so aggressive at Godzilla versus Kong. He was wanting to make sure that Ghidorah was completely wiped out because he was looking for the remains of Ghidorah that Apex was using to create Mecha Godzilla. And so, like, Okay, when I first saw the trailer, the first trailer for Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla Attacking People, my first thought was, my thoughts were in the, um, the sort of like, okay, so far we've seen Godzilla, you know, uh, not directly attacking people, and this is the first time we, we, we have seen him attack people in this continuity, so that's a plus for me. Now, the next question was, why is he attacking people? And, and that led the speculation, and this led to speculation like, okay, Humanity has done something to, to tick Godzilla off. And so so my, my question is: who was the idiot to tick who was the idiot to make Godzilla mad? And mm-hmm. it was Apex. And so, like, and this and this brought to mind uh, the uh Kiryu saga from the Millennium series where the third incarnation of Mecha Godzilla was built using the bones of the first Godzilla, and that got him mad, and so like they pretty much did the same thing here with this Mechagodzilla, but they're using the remains of King Ghidorah to, to pilot it, which is actually a reference to the second incarnation of Mechagodzilla, which was built using the remains of Mechaking Ghidorah, which was created using 22nd century technology. Time travel, and uh, that Mechaking Ghidorah uh, movie was and time travel in it it's weird. It was like on, uh, so like, long story short, this, the, let's see, uh, 70s, 90s, millennium, anime, the fifth incarn, uh, Ready Player One. This is the sixth incarnation of Mechagodzilla. And so like, because, and so the sixth incarnation was built using uh, like the uh, King Ghidorah as a pilot. And so... That's why King God was aggressive. He was wanting to kill, He just wipe out all trace of King Ghidorah because if King Ghidorah isn't stopped, he's going to, you know, go. Because, like, you get what I'm saying, don't you?
0: Mm-hmm. He's basically the threat that destroys every world it's on.
1: Yes. And any trace of him, if there's any trace of him left, it needs to be gone.
0: Like just gone. Okay, so now that we've kind of gone to the land of the monster of course, uh, Godzilla versus Kong was the most recent movie in that franchise.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: did you enjoy that movie, and, and and what 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 specific things did you enjoy about it?
1: Okay, well. I will say I did enjoy this movie a lot because one, the movie is called Godzilla versus Kong. Does, does 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 the title deliver it? It delivers, and it, we also got you know lots of references to uh, to the older one, like where, where Kong shoves his axe down Godzilla's throat, just like how Kong shoved a tree down Godzilla's throat in the original.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: there's also like a reference, other references as well, like. Say Kong climbing a, a tall building looks like the Empire State Building, and then and like there's also an animation that was released not long after Kong Skull Island, which predicted a lot of the stuff in in, uh, in this movie, like the Godzilla dragging Kong down to the ocean, but obviously with a different outcome. And you know, the two the two going. I think my favorite part uh, of this movie was like you know the battle in Hong Kong because it was brutal. Like Kong Godzilla going full on crocodile on uh, on God on Kong just like slicing apart his chest, like and like Kong being and they both sh- in this the fight sh- uh, really did showcase their strength. Like Godzilla is this unstoppable juggernaut who uses sheer brute strength. And his atomic breath to to, uh, to get an edge over his opponent. Whereas Kong is a thinking animal and uses uh, intelligence and his own brute strength to brute strength and agility to try and outwit and outmaneuver G- G- Godzilla. Like, for example, every time Godzilla touches and to fires atomic breath at at Kong, Kong tried to either you know like you know, like go no nope, none of that. Or 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 something you know get uh, get the heck out of dodge or even you know block it with uh, block it like the top like he did with the top of that building using it as a shield and then of course you know there was the whole uh the whole like stand up for Godzilla got caught pin which essentially got you know the whole save Martha save Martha uh uh part you, you, from Batman uh, v- Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of people did compare it to that because, you know, they did have to fight, beat, you know, a, a, a previous opponent that, that Superman had to defeat. Because, like, okay, if Batman is essentially Kong, Superman is like Godzilla, and it's like Zod, King Ghidorah, Mega Godzilla, Doomsday. Because wasn't uh Doomsday and Batman v Superman created from the remains of Zod? Yeah,
0: Lex Luthor, which that that's a plot hole I have yet to be able to explain. Lex Luthor manages to find the Kryptonian bathing chamber and is able to get Zod and then take Zod into it and then they create Doomsday out of what remains of Zod.
1: So essentially, uh, so make a, this Mega Godzilla is essentially the monsterverse version of that version of Doomsday, because albeit you know, uh, you know, a, or a uh, pilotable mecha that's not, but albeit the pilot isn't inside the mech, which, which I thought was, was actually. Uh, Pretty ingenious because I I haven't really uh, uh, seen that before. So with the I-
0: other Mecha Godzilla's, there were people inside. The-
1: okay, let's see. The first Mecha Godzilla was was uh piloted by uh, rejects from Planet of the Apes. That was the seventies. Okay. the The nineties was piloted from inside. Kiryu was piloted from. Uh, Kyrie was piloted remotely, but there were some instances where he could, you know, a pilot could, you know, get inside him and then do that. And then there's the anime Mechagodzilla, which we don't speak of unless uh, we we, we talk about that MMD animation, which is the only version of, and that version was essentially uh, AI operated. And then there's the Ready Player One Mechagodzilla, which was piloted from the inside. So, so essentially, just Mega Godzilla. It combined a lot of traits from previous Mega it Godzillas. It's a villain, and a lot of its scenes are homages to the original, like it bust, busting out of a mountain, a beam lock with Godzilla firing missiles at him, being built from the remains of King Ghidorah is a reference to the average uh, to the '90s, like Godzilla going out of his way uh, uh, to, to attack. P- to attack, you know, uh, people uh, being built, also being built around the remains of, you know, another kaiju. It's also a reference to Kiryu. So, and it's also got a drill like, like Kiryu does, albeit, it's got, it's on both of his hands and his tail. However, I will say that this movie, it does have some flaws. It, it gets the silver, and the in terms of monsterverse, here's the order I rank. Okay, Godzilla King of the Monsters is the gold award. Godzilla vs. Kong is takes the silver award. Uh Kong Skull Island is the bronze award. And Godzilla 2014 takes the copper award. Okay. Now then, now then, why is the second one silver and not gold? Well, well okay, well. One, the characters are essentially stripped down to the bare bones of their archetype. They don't get enough fleshed out. And this is uh, best showcased in, you know, the uh, my Japanese character who piloted and created Mecha Godzilla, whose name is Ren Sarazawa, who is the son of Ishiro Sarazawa from the previous MonsterVerse movies, but they don't say that in the film. You have to look, you have to, you know, like essentially read the novelization in order to, to do that. And like, hmm. there's a reason why, and essentially uh, Adam Wingard, the director uh, said that, you know, they, they cut essentially, okay, they did five hours of filming for this and they cut an hour uh, out of the film. And this movie was already uh, almost uh, two hours. So we could have got a, at least a nearly three hour movie. But a lot of it was cut out because, okay, when you go to a monster movie, what are you most interested in seeing—the monsters t- uh, fighting, or the human action? It's Usually, the be the
0: monsters.
1: Exactly, and so like nine times out of ten, um, a monster movie has to sacrifice one thing. It's either going to have good monster. Most monster movies just fall, fall into this kind of category. Either a. They've got good monster action, but the human plot is either either average, below average, or just above average, or B. The monster action is like, who cares about or or like, what monster action? Or, or, and the human plot line gets too much development. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or the human plot line is just like, and, and then you have C, and then you have C, where like, Both the monsters and the human plot suck. Like this is best showcased in the anime trilogy, uh, which the Netflix anime trilogy, which is easily the worst of the uh, the worst of the worst of the Godzilla movies.
0: Mm. Now, now are we getting another um, anime treatment with Netflix pretty
1: soon? Yes, um, uh, Godzilla's Singular Point. It's. Currently being released uh, overseas in Japan, and it's going to be um, uh, released internationally in, in June. I've actually been able to watch it because there's a website that they, that uh, uploads it to, uh, to their site.
0: Okay.
1: And from what I've seen, it's certainly a lot better than the uh, uh, anime trilogy because you know there is monster action, and the human characters do get good development. It's just there's a lot of pseudoscience that, that that's a, a, like a lot hard to, fo- that's kind of hard to follow. Like say for example uh, Rodan communicates using radio waves. Okay. And like, and just like a lot of kaiju that defy our expectations. For example, there's this one kaiju that's like a, a salmon red and like Fins on it, and we think that, and we thought that was, oh, it's Titanosaurus, which is essentially a more aquatic take on Godzilla. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But we were wrong. It's actually a subspecies of Godzilla called Godzilla Aquatilis. And so, Mm. so like, this left the speculation that this version of Godzilla is is pretty much going to follow Shin Godzilla, which like it's going to start at. Okay, this creature is gonna start out as Godzilla Aqualus and then evolve into a more traditional Godzilla. Like from what I've seen of the trailer alone, there's like a lot of monsters that look like what we believe they are, but in reality, they aren't. Like there's this one bug that's like a combination of Kumonga and Megalon, but Kumonga is essentially a, a giant spider. And Megalon is essentially a giant bomb-spitting bug with drills, uh, with drills for hands and a lightning horn. Okay. But And this and this creature—it looks like, come on, it's, it's got you know the face, but its hands look sort of like uh, Mega uh, Megalon's drills. So, who knows what it could be? Hmm. So, uh, so far, there's a there's a Let's see. Uh, I've watched the, the first three episodes, and and, and, they're, and they're pretty good. Like, I've yet to watch the fourth one, so, uh, so I'll have to see what, 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 what that is. But from what I've heard, it's supposed to have, like, you know, uh, Godzilla's uh, my best friend Angiris in it. Angiris is essentially the ultimate tank. He's, like, the ultimate uh, ankylosaur uh, kaiju.
0: Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, so last question. Uh so of course now I've grown up in a little bit different era than you. Uh correct. When I grew up, uh there was stuff like Ultraman and uh things like that out there, of course Super Sentai and things like that, we dealt with a lot of kaiju sized creatures. Things yes. like that. Of course we more recently have gotten things like pacific rim and most recently with netflix they've done a pacific Rim animated project um and they've done all these different things So you got all these different kaiju like i said from things like ultraman things like pacific rim things like that what makes godzilla the most unique to you because it feels like there's definitely a bias with godzilla like it's, and I know you you love kaiju from all over, but when it comes to Godzilla, there's a, he really holds a special place in your heart.
1: Well, okay, let's see. The reason why is is because of uh, it's he's it's well, he's God. Okay, okay. Here's what. Okay, here's an example. Uh, Ultra. You you brought up Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman is is essentially what have it's essentially uh giant is essentially a take on suit is essentially superman but 40 meters tall and with a buttload of powers but he can only be active for three minutes on earth mm-hmm. now godzilla is different because you know he's has done so much over the course of over 60 years he's like He's been to spa- he's, he's been to space, battled space monsters, battled doppelgangers of him, battled monsters that were created from him, become a father, like an environmentalist. Like Godzilla's done so much, in like the, well, the other uh, franchise other are a lot more inventive. They there's a lot more. Inconsistent with their tone, with their overall tone, because, like, okay, uh, because, like, the consistency of, uh, of like, say, for example, one monster that was been stuck in Godzilla's shadow and has never left it is Gamera, which is a giant flying, fire breathing uh, ninja turtle, essentially. And, like, he has been essentially Godzilla's underdog because his movies are, are quote, targeted for kids and be, be, because they have annoying child characters that have really bad voices in English dubs.
0: Hmm.
1: And, like, he was supposed to get, like, some sort of tre- uh, quote, movie uh, bad, uh, like, uh, dur- during his 50th anniversary, but Gamers has just, just been getting the shaft. Now, like, People have pretty much uh, the general public is pretty much you know forgotten about Gamera and Godzilla has remained in the public conscious. It's not just because of movies; it's also because he's got a buttload of, of merchandise. Let's see: movies, toys, video games, comics. Oh, video games and comics! Like there's okay. There's a trilogy of video games by Atari and Pipeworks. There's. Godzilla destroy all monsters. Melee. Like Godzilla saved the earth. Godzilla unleashed. For anyone who grew up in the uh, mid to late 2000s, this was their game to play. If you were a kaiju fan, because it offered what you wanted: giant monsters fighting each other, building, uh, destroying buildings, the the classic character characters you wanted, alien invasion plot. It was perfect. And then, there, then when it comes to comics, the king. Uh, For, like, the, uh, like, late 2000s, for for pretty much the 2010s, was IDW. And, like, they had their own trilogy, which was, like, King Godzilla, Kingdom of Monsters, Godzilla Ongoing, and the best one of all, Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, which was done by the famous Matt Frank, uh, alias Kaiju Samurai famous for his Godzilla Neo series and Godzilla Rules of Earth was essentially like if there was, if we wanted to have a Godzilla TV show, this is what it should, should be. Godzilla Rules of Earth saw because it's uh, jam-packed with uh, action uh, with each issue and like tons of references to, to, to past stuff. And, like and it also delivers like you know one thing we've always wanted new monsters mm-hmm. because after a while like you know that we we do love the famous monsters every now and then but we do need a new monster to like you know spice things up and the, the finale delivers that with what, what are essentially okay Okay, for for, for for context, there's this one Godzilla clone called Orga, which is essentially uh, I am perfect cell the kaiju. <laughs> uh, we're like you know okay you know a perfect cell absorbs I'm a, I'm a, a people
0: mm-hmm. androids.
1: Yes, uh, Orga does the same thing, but uh, it, it wanted to become a perfect clone. And so it tried to eat Godzilla, tried to uh, devour Godzilla.
0: That doesn't sound like it would go well.
1: Uh, no, he wouldn't. Uh, no, uh, no, he wouldn't. he uh, head, his head explode. <laughs> These trilopods are essentially that um, uh, are essentially that, but with a hive mentality. They're essentially like a bug monster, a bug monster. Okay, like there's like a beta, which is this crawly form, like it crawls on a it, it crawls on a monster, it sucks its blood, engorges itself like a tick. And then it goes to the alpha, like they fuse together and like did they take on their attributes and physical appearance of a of the kaiju whose blood they stole. For example, say a, a tripod absorbs the powers and by the appearance of Godzilla. Now you've got a bug that can only shoot lasers from its chest, but also has Godzilla's atomic breath as well. Okay. Or like, say it absorbs part of Rodin's DNA. Now it can fly with wings on its back. And then, of course, you have to worry. These are essentially... Uh... They're one of the most uh, interesting Godzilla kaiju I, I've ever seen, and I would love if they got like, if they were put into like a m- movie, or even at their own t- um, if they if they were like you know animated in some fashion, because I would love to see how that would work, even if if it would like you know be extremely taxing to like you know animate all the different hybrids that they become.
0: Yeah, because then you would have new creatures make, created from the original ones in a way.
1: So, be Yes. It- so. All
0: right. Well, listen, thank you so much for being willing to come on an episode of Conversation about Dot, Dot, Dot and educate us on Godzilla. I, I- really appreciate your expertise. Uh, before we go, I just want to ask if there's anybody you'd like to shout out, you know, say thank you to, or anything like that, anybody who. Maybe listen to this episode, and if you want to say you know a big thank you to anything like that?
1: Let's see. Uh, one person I would like to give a huge shout out to is uh, Nicholas Dodge. He's a he's a, a deviant art user who I've done who's uh, helped collaborate with, with me uh, for my own kaiju stories. And so I'm in. I'm currently in the works of like about uh, brainstorming the. First, first official chapter of my main Godzilla of my main uh, Godzilla fan fiction, which okay, calling a Godzilla fan fiction it doesn't do it justice because it's a multi kaiju crossover because it's essentially uh it combines the following franchises: King Kong, Godzilla, Gamera, Ultraman, Pacific Rim, the canned colossal kaiju combat. And any other kaiju I can think of, as well as my own creations, along with the world of Ruby, and that but but that's a whole beast of, uh, altogether.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just my fan fiction is essentially what happens when you take the concept of Power Rangers and combine it with Godzilla, essentially Godzilla version, essentially kaiju versions of Power Rangers, hmm. is, which are kaiju, which I like to call kaiju wars imagine essentially uh pg-13 rated power rangers
0: interesting that sounds interesting all right well uh ladies and gentlemen you have just joined us for another uh, informative uh episode of conversations about dot 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 my name is will i've been speaking with gabriel clark gabriel clark about godzilla and his love for the kaijus in their world and everything like that and why Godzilla, in spite of the fact that I'm a Kong guy, uh, is definitely the king of the monsters for real. So he has earned that spot time and time again. And so, oh yes. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening and above all else, do me a favor, guys. You bless me, bless to somebody. Take care.